Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave Severns, and I am here today with our Director of Family Ministries, Mr. Chris Heiss. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing great, Dave. Thanks for uh, having me on today. I'm looking forward to our conversation. I am also looking forward to our conversation. Uh, we yesterday got together and did church together, as we always do on Sunday, but it was a little bit different. Um, this Sunday, we had Grad Sunday, where we celebrated some of our grads, uh, and we had all of our kids with us in the service. Which was which was great, um, and not without its challenges. But why don't you why don't you unpack for those who are listening? Why is it that we every quarter, every once in a while, bring our kids up from downstairs, bring them in, add that element of of fun and chaos and challenge into our service? Why do we do that? Yeah, it's a great question, Dave. Uh, something that we um, really believe in, and it's important to us. Uh, last uh, time we did a all ages service, we introduced some language around our our all ages services and we talked about them being kind of like a shared table experience. Um, And so the illustration that we used is something that, um, you know, Cara Powell uses in her books uh, around working with youth and young adults. And, you know, it's just this idea that we've all had that experience of being at a holiday meal where we have, um, you know, a kid's table and an adult's table. And probably if you're like me, you've had that experience in your life. And, you know, at the kids' table, you know, things are just going a mile a minute. There is uh, potatoes flying around and, like, you know, (laughs) kids are joking and laughing and there's, you know, um, plastic plates and cutlery and shirt sleeves to wipe your mouth off on and all that kind of stuff and just kind of a hairiness to everything that's going on. Whereas at the adult table, often anyway, there is serious conversation. We've got the fine china out. You know, Mm -hmm. people are maybe hanging around the table a little bit more and just kind of being more leisurely in what they do. And um, and so we see these two different experiences and we think that there's tremendous value in both. I mean, it's great for kids to have these unique experiences where there's lots of fun and, um, you know, fast pace. And there's also great things about being adults and having those serious conversations um, and just having that time together. But we also think that there's tremendous value in the shared table experience um, where everyone's together everyone's you know engaged in the same activities the same rhythms the same practices um, and then can go and unpack those things later on so um, you know we think when we have uh, you know all ages services some of the benefits are that kids begin to observe the practices of the adult church we think that's really important they have to be able to to get a sense of what church is like because if we're honest it's not like it is in their kids programs yeah and so they need to see that understand those rhythms see with their own eyes their parents their grandparents their influencers you know engaged in the rhythms and spiritual practices of the church we think that's really important and that builds their faith Uh, We also think that um, kids need to know, they need to have the message sent to them that they are full participants in the life of the church. Mm. You know, they're not over sitting on the sidelines, you know, waiting until they can become old enough to somehow graduate into church life, but that they are a part of the church now. And so we want to be able to communicate that to them. And so having them in the room with us, having them do some of the same things that we're doing, know some of the same, you know, language that we use, the songs that we sing, uh, we think that has great value. Um, Also, we just think that there's huge potential for our parents and our grandparents and, you know, even small group leaders and mentors as they engage with their kids spiritually in having a common experience Mm. Um, on the drive home. You know, when we're talking about how was church today? Well, you know, we actually know what we both experienced. So there's a chance to talk about that differently. And even though we resource parents, you know, with information about what their children learn in our kids' programs, it's just not the same. It's not the same as being in the room. Uh, And so we think that those conversations are uh, uniquely positioned to be even better 
than they are on other days. And so something I think we want to do more and I want to continue to do more effectively as we, we figure all that out. Yeah, I love it. Can you really quickly, for those of us who aren't kids, can you walk us through what a normal experiences for kids on Sunday morning? Ah, that's a good question. I mean, you know, we certainly, there's a lot of high energy. We focus a lot on relationships and what we do. Okay. Um, and so there's, uh, you know, less sitting and listening and more kind of engaging in kind of relationships with people that are, that are leading. And so, yeah. you know, at Compass Point anyway, on a Sunday morning, there's quite a bit of connecting time that happens mm-hmm. at the beginning. So, you know, students might come in and they might, you know, play floor hockey or engage in different games and activities and do that in the company of, you know, leaders. There's small group leaders that are working with them. Uh, there is a teacher time but often there's a participatory element so they're you know coming up to the front there's contests activities kind of illustrations that are being used to talk about some of the the bible passages or key points that we're talking about very media driven in the Mm -hmm. sense that there's you know lots of opportunities to engage with videos or you know other elements that are visual um and then you know we usually do some worship and we're fortunate to have a a great team of kind of junior leaders that are involved and so they often to do that and so high energy right kids Mm -hmm. are moving around kinesthetic uh so they're kind of using all different learning styles to uh kind of bring home some of those truths that we sing about in terms of uh, what we're doing with our worship and then so that's all the large group experience then we go to a small group experience where you know a small group of students are connecting um you know with a small group leader Uh, who, yes, is going to hopefully drive home some content, but really more importantly is trying to create a a sense of warmth and relationship with students. So they're feeling like, hey, someone knows my name, you know, someone cares about what's happening in my life and someone can help me to apply some of these truths that we've been talking about. And so, um, like I said, there's a lot of relational elements that while we might try to get them in the adult service, often there is a bit more of a sit and and listen, and, and I know we aim for participation in different ways, but yeah. it, it does look different, you know, Absolutely. in terms of the energy level and things like that too. Yeah, well, yeah. It, that, uh, it sounds awesome. And I know my kids uh, regularly have a great time. Oh, that's so, great. So as a parent, um, I mean, coming out of this Sunday when we all kind of experienced the same thing, uh, we do as we normally do and try to ask our kids, you know, what is it you learned? What is it you're engaging with? And our kids being pretty normal kids said, I don't know, I don't remember. Um, what would you what would you encourage for us as parents? How do we engage our kids well in those moments and and dig a little deeper? And then even for those who aren't parents, for those on a Sunday like this who maybe sat beside a young family and watched them spend half of their time trying to you know feed their kids paper and pencils so they can draw or or you know get people to listen. How do we how do we as a church, we as a family, encourage our kids and and bring them up well in this in this faith? Yeah, great question. A hard question. I, mean, I got four kids too, and so. You know, sometimes if I use them as the barometer of how I feel about the experiences, I I can become cynical because it is tough for them sometimes to engage. And I think yeah. the first thing we have to acknowledge is that we can do better. I mean, there's things that we can constantly be improving and, you know, thinking about how to integrate all of this different, uh, these different age levels together in an experience that's really meaningful. So I think we need to keep working on it. But I would also say that, you know, a lot of what kids experience um, is not necessarily things they can articulate. It's hmm. being together in yep. the room. Like I said earlier, we want them to feel like they're full participants in what's happening in the church. So it's observing the practices of the church and seeing, you know, their parent, seeing their grandparents, seeing that person that they respect that's engaged in singing, uh, you know, 
songs that speak of God and hmm. his faithfulness, seeing that with their own eyes. It's seeing people in the practice of, you know, baptism or communion or the study of God's word. I mean, even just seeing those things happen, hmm. uh, you know, has a big impact on kids. Uh, we know that, you know, the, the faithfulness of, of their parents or family members or respected people really has a lot to do with their commitment to faith. And so we think sometimes it's just the observation is, is what's so important. And kids can't always articulate that so sure. we know that they've seen it they've been a part of it um, and then we think too like in terms of how you know parents can be involved I think parents uh, need to feel free and we need to create a space where they feel free enough to interact and engage with their kids during the services it's okay if their kids ask big out loud questions in mm. moments when we don't don't normally ask out loud questions sure. I mean, you know and to be able to, to have that conversation with your kids in real time and also to be able to do it afterwards i think is really significant in terms of the those that might be in the room that maybe don't have kids that they're mm-hmm. specifically bringing to church with them uh, i mean I think part of our responsibility as a church is passing on faith uh, when we talk about you know being um, uh, involved in the Great Commission, uh, part of that is our own children, our own grandchildren. I mean, we really need to, in our going, we need to uh, you know introduce people to Jesus. We need to bring them into discipleship, mm-hmm. uh, and so we need to look at this younger generation that we have coming up, even within our church, who. You know, a lot of them, you know, haven't necessarily made commitments to Christ or maybe are new in their faith or growing in their faith. And we need to have opportunities to to feed into that and build into that. Um, so that might mean, you know, just coming alongside and helping a family, you know, in terms yeah. of interacting with their kids or, you know, making a little bit of space for something that looks a, a bit different than normal in the service. Uh, one of the things that we're learning is that, you know, all ages experiences like this and, and a real openness to, to accept kids and, and, and teenagers uh, in our churches creates a greater vitality in our church. Yeah. Um, and so it's a little scary because yep. sometimes vitality looks loud and, and chaotic. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when we kind of put together the incredible wisdom and experience and faithfulness of an older generation with the incredible uh, excitement and, and, and vitality of a younger generation, mm. I think that's really what God is uh, calling us to in terms of how we serve uh, as a local church. Yeah. I love that. Um, that's something we we continue to strive for. And I, and I would just say, if for those who are in our service yesterday, um, if you had kids, if you didn't, if you if you particularly enjoyed something or thought, you know, this really spoke to me or thought, oh, you know, would, wouldn't it be neat if we could do this? Come talk to Chris or I. We'd love to hear your ideas. We'd love to continue to um, craft and shape these services that we're, we're going to be doing regularly um, one way or another uh, to, to speak well to families. Um, I know even in... In everything we do in our services, we're always trying to put good lenses in front of us and say, how are people going to understand this? One of the reasons yesterday we sang Lion and the Lamb, and I talked a little bit about the passage from Revelation 5, the passage uh, which talks about the, the Lion and the Lamb. We talked about it at Easter, um, and it's, it's kind of confusing. It's, I mean, it's big biblical imagery, and yet it's also these simple metaphors to understand who our God is and how he works. Um, so we tried to unpack that a little bit before we sang that together, and I hope for some kids, maybe that helped them understand it differently. Um, and I know, again, as a parent, it can be easy to get discouraged and easy to think, ah, oh, shoot, my kids aren't getting anything out of this. And I've been struck by how many times when I ask my kids a question, I feel like, oh, it's, it's not working, I'm not getting anything. And later, they'll tell me something out of the blue, or they'll be singing a song that we sang together in church, and I'll be like, oh, they were listening. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, it's, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, I just want to um, just accentuate the point you made about, about feedback. You know, one of our commitments as a family ministries department is to partner 
uh, with our parents well. Hmm. And, you know, what I've been coming to realize over the last year or two is that, you know, partnering with parents means different things to different people. Okay. And so we really want to partner with parents in a way that they want partnership, if that makes sense. And so, you know, I think if there's things that we could be doing to kind of um, be more successful in the way that we engage, uh, you know, kids and youth, uh, the way that we engage a broad audience of people in something like an all ages service, we'd love to get some of those insights, especially from our parents and grandparents who are there, you know, interacting with their kids. And so we're totally open to that. And our main goal is to just partner well, make sure those experiences are meaningful um, for all the families that are involved. Yeah, that's, that's great. What about, so, so you, you gave a little message on Sunday. You talked a little bit about guarding our hearts and you kind of, um, yeah, dove into this this pro- passage in Proverbs uh, that talks about the importance of our hearts. And um, do you want to just give us a little bit of that again? Just give us yeah. a snippet of what you said. Yeah, sure. I mean, I was thinking about, you know, what might be something that, you know, could be a helpful message for some of our graduating students, you know, particularly those that are graduating from grade eight and grade 12 and kind of mm-hmm. moving on to, to new things in, the, in, their, in their lives. Um, that was the focus of the service. And so as I thought about that, you know, this, this kind of fairly famous verse that we quote a lot from Proverbs 4.23 uh, was something that came to mind. You know, above all else, guard your hearts for everything we do flows from it. Um, and so, you know, I, I did talk a little bit about the idea of what heart really means. And if you look in, in a biblical context, um, kind of in the Hebrew, um, really the idea of a heart was really kind of the guts or the core of a person. Yeah. You know, it wasn't so much, you know, the physical heart. And we understand that as adults to a certain degree. There's a metaphor of the heart for the inner person or the feelings of a person, the emotions, mm-hmm. those kind of things. But really this is about your, your core commitments, you know, your beliefs, your character. Um, and so I want to impress upon our students especially, but I think there was application to the whole room. Um, that, uh, you know, in the wisdom of the Proverbs, these things that are, are generally true, this, this collection of, of wisdom from, you know, generations of, of Israelites, you know, that was being passed on, uh, it tells us that the most important thing that we can do is to really guard, you know, those core convictions, that core character, that inner person of who we are uh, in an effort to uh, remain faithful to who God's called us to be. And so we talked a little bit about that on Sunday. Yeah, and I love... I mean, you you quoted Augustine. Um, One of my favorite authors and favorite thinkers is a guy named James Smith who wrote a book called You Are What You Love Mm -hmm. uh, and a a series beyond that, but just talks about the importance of our hearts and our loves. It's not not really our mind that drives everything. It's our loves. And our mind certainly is a part of it and it affects it. We're whole beings. But um, if we want a good gauge of where our heart's at, we can check our habits. Right. And if we want to reform our heart, reform our habits, right? That, That would basically be... And I mean, I know you guys in family ministries, you're, you're giving us some great tools for, um, for engaging with our kids and, and getting them into scripture. Can we talk a little bit about the questions, the questions we've been uh, asking for family ministries, the three questions, uh, where did you see God around you today? Where did you see God working through you? And what do you need more of God's help with? Can you, can you unpack why is it we're asking those questions and then Maybe we'll talk a little bit about some of the practicals. How do we do that? What for are sure. some new ideas for Yeah, that's a great, great thing. Um, yeah, so we developed some questions uh, probably over a year ago now just as one option uh, for parents to engage in spiritual conversation with their kids. Uh, one of the things that we learned um, through uh, some you know, studies uh, that we've seen happen um, is that uh, many uh, kids, even kids that grew up in the church, kids that even have made a commitment to Christ, um, you know, they sometimes fall away from their faith. And one of the big reasons is because they see a church that talks about a God who's very active, 
a God who's incredibly powerful, who's very interested and involved in our lives. They, mm-hmm. they hear that, that conversation, but they don't actually see that realized in their lives. Sure. Um, and so one of the things that we wanted to begin to do was to give people some tools to help them to identify God's activity. Um, because we felt if we could do that, maybe that would be one step in the direction of having kids that, you know, continue in the faith because, you know, the talk matches the watch, the walk, so mm-hmm. to speak. Uh, so, yeah, we developed those questions. So the first question, you know, where, uh, where have I seen God at work around me? So this idea that we would just look around, you know, and see, is there any place that we can see God's activity? And it's a pretty broad question. I mean, it could really be, you know, being on a hike with my family and seeing, you know, the... Uh, you know, vultures soaring on the the wind rising off the ground or the heat rising off the ground and be able to say, wow, you know, only God could have made that. And so I can see God's activity in the world around me. It could be out on the playground. You know, you see two people that were, you know, about ready to fight and uh, somehow, you know, one of them shows forgiveness to the other and you can see evidence of, you know, God at work. And um, so it could be something like that. Uh, The second question is, uh, uh, where have I seen God at work through me? And so that's really more of a... um, introspective question in terms of looking at, you know, how has God been helping me? Um, you know, how has he been answering prayer in my life? You know, how have I seen kind of the qualities I've been meditating on? I mean, kids wouldn't use these words, but meditating yeah. on in, in what I've been learning, whether it's, you know, at home with my family or at church or whatever, how am I seeing those played out in my day to day? So it could be, you know, the way that I'm interacting with classmates or the way that God answers prayer. It could be something around healing or something like that. And then the third question is, how could I have used more of God's help? And we believe there's something important about the practice of confession and kind of drawing us back to further prayer and and to kind of submitting to what God's doing in our life. And so it's quite possible you could be asking these questions of your kids and they they could say, you know, I haven't seen God at work in me. Yep. today or this week or whatever yep. that's a perfect lead-in to say well then where can we use more of god's help you know in an area that we like to see god at work and so i think asking questions like that can be really helpful for families that aren't already doing something mm-hmm. some families have other things that they're doing to identify god's work uh some families with really little kids you know just want to start at a really basic level and maybe they just want to you know do something that's more simple yeah uh, but we think that those tools are, are one way to have more conversations like that yeah. and uh, it's important yeah, and one of the things I would encourage anyone who's listening to this, who's considering doing this, who, who has done it, um, we've been doing it with our kids for a while. Um, it's absolutely important to engage the kids with this, but I would say just as important for us has been um, Rachel and I, my wife and I, answering the questions ourselves. Yeah. And modeling for our kids, showing our kids both like we see God at work through us and, and that we need God. We are not perfect. We're not like... Yeah, I mean, to, to model God's grace and the fact that we need it, just admitting we needed God's help during the day can be a huge thing. Even if our kids' answers are the same, they were last week and the, the night before and the week before that, right? Like, um, just, yeah, engaging with those. And we've also found sometimes we switch what time of day we do it. Right. Sometimes we do it with our kids together. Sometimes we do it separately. Right. Um, just giving it a bit of variety kind of helps our kids helps our kids stay fresh. Absolutely. And I think if you're going to engage with these questions, you absolutely should make it a priority to allow your kids to ask you the questions. Yeah. It should really be a back and forth. You know, it shouldn't just be you ask questions of your kids. Them mm-hmm. asking you the questions might perhaps be the biggest way for kids to identify, you know, God really working. And so that's uh, is really critical. And I would say too, it, you know, it doesn't have to become um you know, something that's overly laborious. I mean, I think we we integrate habits in a way that help us to become more and more like Jesus, that help us to, you know, create spiritual rhythms. And so for, for you, if this is working every day, great. If this is working once a week, great. I mean, anytime you can use those tools is great. Um, 
in terms of when, you know, I think, you know, morning time is great. Meal mm-hmm. times can be great. Drive time is great. Bedtime is great. So uh, just identifying some of those transitional times in your life uh, can be really good times. And some that will work for some families won't work for others. So you've just got to, you know, experiment and see, you know, what really works for you. Absolutely. Well, it's great. Chris, sadly, we are out of time. Um, but thanks for coming. Thanks for uh, engaging and, and giving us the, the service we had yesterday to celebrate grads and to be together as families. I am personally so looking forward to the next family service. Um, and I know it's just going to be a part of who we are at Compass Point. I think it's really important. Any closing thoughts? Any closing words? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, we are just so glad to be able to uh, kind of create these kind of experiences for our families. And like you, we're looking forward to the next and just continuing to grow and learn how we do this really, really well. Um, you know, we really want to be partnering with families in a way that helps them as the primary spiritual influencers in their homes. And um, so any way we can do that, um, we're excited about. Awesome. Well, thanks for tuning in. And uh, we will chat with you again next week here on Postscript. Postscript.